we got some final thoughts on Michigan State's game against Richmond. First of all, who is Richmond? We should probably try to get to know them before kickoff here. And then what did our friend Chase Glasser of Sparts Illustrated learn from week one? What are we looking forward to in week two? Whole lot of fun stuff. Let's go. You are locked on Spartans. Your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. Spartan friends and Spartan family, welcome to another almost game day here in East Lansing. And thank you so much for choosing Locked On Spartans to guide you into this three thirty afternoon kickoff against those Richmond Spiders. Now it's not just going to be me spewing off my final thoughts before the game. No, no, no. We have a wonderful football mind, a friend of the podcast. It's Chase Glasser of Spartans Illustrated. Chase. One weekend, how on earth you feel, my man? Oh, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. It's, uh, you know, weather's cooling down a little bit, and uh, life is good. Good. Feeling great. It can't cool down that fast, though. Like, I, I don't <laughs> I don't want to get to, like, chilly in the crockpot season just yet. I still Not like my great. summer. I'm, I'm as wimpy as they come when it gets to cold weather, <laughs> so uh, I just want to squeeze a little more sunshine out of this fall. But plenty of sunshine, hopefully, this Saturday. Uh, Chase, this whole week we've been talking about what we've learned from week one from our Spartans, mm-hmm. everything like that, and then – Lo and behold, oh my goodness, there's actually another team coming to East Lansing this week. They go by the Richmond Spiders. They are an FCS team. Uh, Chase, I'm going to give a quick little rundown here of who Mm. these Spiders are. They enter the season ranked number 16 in the FCS coaches poll after a really strong 2022 campaign. However, they are replacing their quarterback, their running back, their top two receivers. And, well, on top of all that, Chase, as you know, they lost to Morgan State 17-10 last week. That is Morgan State's First opening night win in 11 seasons. Uh, the Morgan State Bears got no votes in the FCS preseason poll. This this is not a good Morgan State team. Uh, Richmond scored a touchdown in that game on their first drive, and they did not score a touchdown the rest of the night. Shout out to Brad Salem. Uh, it's just We saw that plenty in 2019. Uh, Richmond also had four turnovers. They gave up five sacks and 2.6 yards per carry. And for me, that's a little surprising because well, they returned – Four offensive linemen from last year, including left tackle Ryan Cole, who's an FCS All-American. Now on defense, yes, they did hold Morgan State to 17 points. One of those touchdowns were a touchdown on a short field. Two and a half yards per carry given up as well. Tristan Wheeler, back-to-back All-American. He's had a few 100-plus tackle seasons. They're returning seven starters on their defense. Chase, I'm done blabbing about the Spiders. Anything stick out there? Anything you want to add? Or what, what are you expecting here from these Spiders of Richmond? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I saw was just kind of, oh, my God, Simeon Barrow is going to eat this poor quarterback alive. Uh, their offensive line yeah. is really bad. They do have some skill talent. Um, but what I'd look for for Michigan State, I, I, I don't think the outcome is at all in question. Um, you want to look for imponent invariant things, right? Are people okay. making assignments? Um the crispness of execution, um, false starts, pre-snap stuff, just general organization. Um, You want to look for a team to make that leap from week one to week two, especially with a big game on deck uh, next week. So you want to look for imponent invariant stuff. um, And we can get into a little bit of what we liked and didn't like about Central Michigan. Um, But you just want to look for things that are translatable, not so much, oh, we're creaming this team, just what individually 
are people where they're supposed to be? Um, is the offense making sense? Uh, is there a general flow that you're looking for? Those are the things that I would look for. Um, and, and I don't think the outcome is in question in any way whatsoever. So you're going out on a limb and saying that if third and goal from the 18 yard line pops up again this week, <laughs> you do want to see Michigan state get off the field with no stupid penalties. That's okay. Yeah. I like that strategy there. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. So I, I am peeking ahead to this Washington game. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I just said that out loud, this game is going to go to overtime now. Um, <laughs> that's just what we do here on the show. We jinx the living daylights out of things, but I am wondering that with Richmond having an offensive line that looked despite four returning starters looked pretty bad against Morgan state last week mm. and Michigan state's defensive front being strong. Is this a dress rehearsal of sorts for, you know, just four man rushes to the quarterback every single time, because I think we could be getting a healthy dosage of that against Washington because man, I, you blitz the linebackers to cr- try to get pressure on Michael Penix. He's just so good at finding that open gap in the field on the crossing routes, hitting the guy. And then, well, that, there's 35 yards of, of passing play. Like, I don't know. Is, is that yeah. just, off base to think that like, Hey, this could be a good dress rehearsal for a bunch of four man rushes to get ready for next week. Or is that over? No, I mean, the, the single most productive thing that you can do um, as a, as a defense uh, to further your, your chances of success is to have a four man rush that gets to the quarterback, particularly yeah. an interior pass rush. Um, I mean, I, I like, I think Michigan state's got a very strong defensive front. I do like their, their tackles a little more than their ends. Um I mean, that's how that was the recipe to beat Tom Brady because he, he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. And yeah. Eli Manning has two rings because um, the Giants were able to get an interior pass rush. So whether it's it's a pick, it's a stunt, you know, it's 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 different things like that. A twist. Um, you just want to look for execution. Like I said, maybe you look to see Michigan State run some of those concepts, a twist, a blitz, a pick, something like that. And. Michigan State has run those in the past. That's very much in the arsenal. So, yeah, I think certainly look to see them uh, develop their concepts and, and make sure everything is in final form as much as it can be heading into that final game or that, that next game against the, yeah. the the final exam of the, uh, the, the pre-conference season, we'll call it. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. And, man, that's a, that's a lot quicker of a preseason than a lot of other teams have around the country. <laughs> but, hey, that's – that's the games we schedule uh, over mm-hmm. here in East Lansing for better or for worse. Stay tuned to see if it's the better or the worse part. Um, <laughs> so I, I've blabbed on and on this week about, you know, my takeaways from week one, the big mm-hmm. observations. We talked with Will Hunter in depth about them as well. Chase, I, I got to know at the top of your list of takeaways from this week one win against Central Michigan, what, what's up there? What's the headliner for, for your takeaways? Yeah, I mean, so we uh, have a piece that should be dropping at the time of recording uh, within the hour uh, this Thursday um, about kind of the, the general scheme takeaways that I saw from the game. I think the biggest takeaways aren't anything kind of from a schematic perspective. Um, I mean, defensively, it, it must be frankly admitted that Central Michigan did not have a downfield passing attack in any sense of the word. No. Um, but <laughs> right. I do think you're seeing um, a little proof of concept of what's been said that, Hey, this team is, is more athletic. There's more talent top to bottom. I think that like we talked about in the last, last week, you can have a normative debate until the end of time about D'Antonio or Tucker and this or that, and and who did what, but there's more talent just, just by a straight composite perspective on this team than there has been in the past. I thought you saw some big questions get answered. First of all, Noah Kim, he's your starter. He's going to be the starter. Um, I think he that that was borne out pretty clearly in, in the, the little cameo that that Hauser got at the end. Yeah. Um, 
Dylan Tatum is your cornerback number two. I always thought he projected a little more as a safety. Uh, well, maybe more of a nickel. Uh, and sure. he always move there. But, um, okay, you, you've got Dylan Tatum. He was a guy I saw. He played close to the line of scrimmage pretty much all the time. So I know we had a pretty extensive discussion about press uh, pressing your corners and what does that mean and, and this yeah. and that. Well, I mean, that's probably as close as you're going to see. He, No matter whether he was aligned to the boundary or the field, he was a guy who was rolled up in coverage. Uh, he played an extremely physical game. So it's like, okay, you have a player there in your secondary. I like him. I thought he played really well, uh, very physically. Uh, at safety, you saw some rotation. Mangum, I, I thought he played fine, was generally where he spo- was supposed to be. He did get bit on that touchdown. Um, you can watch. He he false-stepped. He went the wrong way. Um, but – that'll happen. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of looking, um, elsewhere in the secondary, I thought Malik Spencer was fine. And Amorian Smith, the guy who I just absolutely trashed saying that he could not sure. at all, uh, right. <laughs> right, quarterback, a cornerback blitz from the boundary with Tatum. Uh, he rotates over and just sticks a guy. And, uh, I, you know, I, I turned to Paul in the press box and I was like, that is, I literally wrote about 500 words talking about how that guy <laughs> tackle at all and the third snap he's out there in the season just puts a guy in a total stick so it was that was good to see you've got depth there a lot more to come with our guy chase glasser of spartans illustrated but first this episode is brought to you by neutrophil did you know that 80 percent of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime and i'm gonna take a wild guess that that percentage is a lot higher for football fans and It's normal, all right, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol, the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve hair strength, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Just go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through the whole body wellness. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol's men's hair growth supplements. So take that first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off their first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code locked on college. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. It's Nutrafol.com slash men. Promo code locked on college. That's neutral slash men. Promo code locked on college. And also, if you're not rocking home field apparel at your tailgates at Spartan Stadium, the man cave, the sports bar, wherever you're watching, I'm sorry to say you're just not doing it right because home field apparel is truly the best in the business. If you don't believe me, just go to homefieldapparel.com for yourself and check out all the selections they have for Michigan State. Their old vintage logos. I'm wearing the Michigan State basketball shirt right now. They got a Michigan State golf shirt they just dropped that is exquisite, if I must say so myself. But when that package comes to you, you're going to put that on, and it's going to feel like putting a cloud on your body. It is the most comfortable clothing in my closet. So what are you waiting for? Go to homefieldapparel.com, smash in promo code LOS23 for 15% off of your first order. Again, homefieldapparel.com, promo code LOS23 for 15% off of your first order. And then offensively, uh, I mean, I know everybody watched Keon Coleman the other night but I don't think there's a shortage of playmakers in the receiver room. Uh, I don't think Malik Carr will probably play a game that poor uh, the rest of the season. He better not, kind of. <laughs> I mean, that, that's not a threat. Like, what am I going to do? But, like, wow, that 
a little underwhelming. A little yeah, underwhelming. But, uh, yeah. I, you've seen what he can do. Um, he 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 was fine. Um, so I thought I thought he 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 is going to be fine. Um, had a very nice catch, very reminiscent of the catch he had against I believe Penn State, um, and uh, uh, the one that Daniel Barker had in, in the first game last year. So that was good to see um, him kind of break out of that. Um, yeah, I did think Kim struggled a bit in the intermediate passing game, and that can be a question of rhythm. Uh, it can be a question of just being on on the same page with your receivers. I thought one time, um, I think Montori Foster, he turned the wrong way. He ran what would it have been a, a three cut instead of a four cut, where you're cut. He cut to the outside, and you're supposed to cut inside. That stuff can get can get ironed out. Um, Kim throws a pretty deep ball. It, it's yeah. it's it's very pretty. Um, I, I I think Jay Johnson probably wanted to come out and and work on rhythm passes and getting him kind of in a, in a rhythm, easy completions, holes in the zone. But the first quarter was pretty gruesome um, doing that. So I think he kind of shelved that, okay, we're going to run, we're going to run play action, and then um, we're going we're gonna to take some shots. And when they did, it worked, and, and that was great. Um, another thing that they did, I thought that this might be the case coming out of the spring game, is they used their running backs in the receiving game quite a bit. Um, so there was a, a shallow um, screen that they ran to Carter that got a first down. Uh, Berger, I think, caught four balls coming out of the backfield. And that's just you're putting a linebacker in conflict. You're making a guy who's probably not great at coverage um, stretch out into the hook curl or flat and try to cover. And you're taking free yards. And, and for a young receiver, I mean, that's great. That's um, yeah. that's um, or for a young quarterback to, to be able to just get an easy rhythm throw for your receivers. That, that's invaluable. Um, I, I saw that we they they played all three tight ends hopper was in uh morris mm-hmm. and Carr. uh morris looked like a pretty solid blocker on one of the fourth downs that we'll get to probably after the ad ad read he did have a missed assignment um but that's something that can get cleaned up um just overall i think it was it was uh, after the first quarter once things got settled in i think a fairly encouraging debut uh pretty much all around Let's just get into it right now because that's been on the top of a lot of Spartan fans' sure. minds. The fourth and one situations. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know the story. Backbreakers last year, left and right. Hey, what mm-hmm. do you want to see against Central? We'll pick these up. And hey, hey, how about how about an over two performance there, Chase? <laughs> um, I get it, Jaron Mangum. Hey, he's the short yardage specialist. But as I've been saying all week, I yes, that is true. He's really good at short yardage situations. He's built like a bulldozer. He mm-hmm. can do it. Yeah. But it, it shouldn't take this this one running back and counting on his health to be able to pick these up against a group of five teams. I, mm-hmm. Fair or foul, I guess, is, is how we'll start that. I mean, that's – Yeah, so, I mean, I, it's you want to be better on fourth down. You want to be better on short yardage, right? So, first of yeah. all, yes, you need to be better executing that. The big thing that I saw that really not grinds my gears, but I, mm-hmm. I thought was very interesting is, is people saying, we I, I hate running from the gun – that's me. Hundred percent. And, and and I get it. I get it. But when Michigan State scored a touchdown from the four yard line, um, when Nathan Carter scored that touchdown at the end of the first half, that was from the gun, and it was into a whole mess of people, and it was well blocked, and he scored. I, I said in my piece, I think when Michigan beat Ohio State um, at home a couple years ago, they ran inside zone three times inside the five yard line and scored three touchdowns on it. Uh, Penn State runs inside zone from the gun and short yardage all the time, including against Michigan state last year. I think Ohio mm-hmm. scored two touchdowns against Michigan state running from the gun with inside zone. So 
that's what, what am I talking about with, with this, I guess it's, it's, you have your run surface, you have your quarterback and an offset running back. And basically the entire offensive line just gaps blocks one gap inside. So it's, it's don't get beat across the face. We're just trying to carve out two, three yards. The running back is able to get momentum, read the hole, whatever, um, area in the run surface is most effectively blocked. They can kind of burrow there and get the yards that they need. Um, it's a perfectly, perfectly acceptable play that can be run in short yardage all the time. Um, I think Kenneth Walker scored one, if not two touchdowns against Michigan running um, inside zone from the gun. The, the issue gotcha. comes down to execution. It's I think when people say, I wish we were running something else. Okay. If you want to talk about a quarterback sneak, that's defensible. Um, it's, it's a pretty high, um, highly, it's a highly effective play. It, it's, it's hard to stop. Um, I don't know if you necessarily want to debut that package against central Michigan, because that is something teams do stop that. It, it is something that, that teams are able to stop. Um, it's something that, that a lot of teams have a check to now. Um, now, if you want to talk about running from the gun, getting in an eye and just, and just straight running, um, getting out of the gun, getting in a different formation. You can do that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times in that sense, you're asking somebody to gap block. That's not what Michigan State does. Michigan State is a zone blocking team. Uh, unless you're an NFL team or a couple of very select college teams with extremely old and good offensive lines, you're not doing You're There's basically three schools of running. You're running gap stuff you're running inside zone or you're running outside zone. Michigan state is primarily an inside zone team. They do run some stretch, but it's mostly inside zone. Um, so it, it's, it comes down to execution. So on the first failed fourth and one Spencer Brown gets absolutely whipped. I mean, he does not contact his guy. His guy gets all the way across his face, which is the cardinal sin of any yeah. offensive lineman in really any scheme, but particularly this one in inside zone, you cannot get beat across your face and he just gets absolutely whipped. Um, JD Duplain doesn't really block anybody and winds up on his belly in between two defensive players. And then that's Not compounded <laughs> by, by your backup center getting beat to his inside and, and you're just completely dead on arrival, but it really was Spencer Brown. You're returning fairly highly touted tackle gets whipped inside and that guy winds up in the thigh boards and Nathan Carter. I mean, right there, it, it's dead. Um, on the second one, Duplain gets absolutely eaten up across his face. Um, that guy is able to wrap up uh, the back and then uh, Evan Morris misidentifies a linebacker. You can see two tight ends going for the same linebacker. Well, that leaves somebody free. And by the time he realizes his mistake and shifts over, um, that guy is able to come in and finish the play and, and prevent the back from getting a first down. So it's just, it's a perfectly defensible run play. People run it all the time for touchdowns, mm. for touchdowns, for conversions. Um, but it, if you do that, it needs to get executed better. And I just, I, I think that you're pro probably going to see uh, an offensive line from Michigan state. That's maybe slightly worse than, than the 2021 offensive line, which okay. is very good, at, very good at pass blocking. Um, yeah. not going to give up a ton of pressure. Uh, Noah Kim had a clean pocket virtually all day. Um, mm. it was fine. So that's good. That's, I mean, that's 50% of, of offensive line play is pass blocking. I just, I do think they're going to struggle in run blocking. I just, I, I think with a lot of these guys, um, they're not, 
great run blockers. So do you have a guy that can erase some of those sins in run blocking? Well, I, I think Jalen Berger played well. He scored a touchdown on wineback. That was something that um, you, you have a designed cutback within his own uh, scheme. That's something that got run for Walker all the time. It's a great play when you yeah. run it right. It was deployed at the perfect time, uh, and he scored uh, easily. That was fantastic. Um, I saw Michigan State run some counter. They ran some pin and pull. So that's different ways to get more people um, from the backside into the the play side of the run surface. That's really good. Um, I thought Nathan Carter looked like a player. He was a guy with yeah. some, some some really good burst, uh, jittery, somebody who can erase some of those mistakes. Uh, you're going to need that because I, I don't think that this team, this offensive line is just going to become an elite run blocking outfit. You can get better. You can improve your communication. Having your starting center who's been in the program for a really long time will help yeah. with that. Absolutely. Um, but I don't know if the answer to, well, we're not a really good run blocking team is, okay, we're going to go power eye and introduce gap blocking concepts. I don't know if that is the way to do it. I think you want to, whether it's tightening your splits, more coaching, um, there's a million little things you can do. If you want to fold a tackle in, if you want to have like a a tight end insert, there's ways that you can stay within your same um, run blocking philosophy and then be better at the stuff that you do. to get it where you need to be. So if you want to motion in car, split car out, motion him in and have him insert to help somebody out uh, in inside zone, you can do that. You can fold somebody from the backside and, and, and move them in uh, to a different spot in the run surface. There's different things that you can do. I'm sure that that'll be done. Um, but uh, I, I understand the frustration with the short yard and stuff. And yeah. I'm sure that, that the team is aware of it. So. More to come with our guy Chase Glasser and then five best bets to end the show. But first, this episode of Locked on Spartans is brought to you by GameTime.co. Last week, walking into Spartan Stadium across Munfield, I'm on my phone looking for four tickets for Spartans versus Chippewas. And lo and behold, what does GameTime have for me? An amazing deal for 20th row seats in the end zone below face value. How often are you seeing that on the secondary market? And well, you're certainly not going to see it on the actual MSU ticket website itself. GameTime hooks it up. They have the best last-minute deals. They have their flash deals throughout the week. Go hop on the GameTime app, and you are going to be pleased with checking it out. And it is so easy to buy these tickets. You're not mashing in a bunch of information, and oh, it takes forever to get to your phone. It takes two buttons, just two taps, and you are set. The tickets are delivered straight to your phone, so you're not fumbling around your email as you're getting into the gate. It's just so simple with GameTime, the entire experience. So what are you waiting for? Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. All one word for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. So what you're suggesting is that they're so good at pass blocking. Hey, fourth and one, let's go to the gun, but we're going to air this out. We're going four wide. We are going to find someone open down the field. I just... Oh, man, don't don't tell him I said that. Don't tell him I said that. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Oh, people would love Jay Johnson for that. Yeah, if if they try like a 30-yard pass downfield and doesn't complete. Oh, Spartan Stadium, not booing at all for for that one this Saturday if that happens. Yeah, well, I think it's one of those things where it's outcome dependent, right? The fourth and five uh, 30-yard go route to Jaden Reed that beat Dax Hill against Michigan. That was great. That was fun. Right? That was the, fun. I like that. Yeah. The, uh, there's a fourth and two play action to Jaden Reed, I think, in the first quarter of that game that was a big game. 
that was great when it worked, right? And then when it doesn't work, it's I, it's I can't awesome. They did that's. I always said that about um, Pete Carroll uh, in the Super Bowl, where if, yeah, of if course, that, if that task gets completed. He's a genius. They would never expect you to pass there. That's brilliant. But because yeah. it doesn't work, it's. And that's where I think just talking about the the fact that running inside zone from the gun is a defensible move on fourth and short. That has to be something that is is frankly understood by the listeners as an outcome independent fact. It can't only be a good play when it works because it does work. It can work. And you've seen it work with this team. You saw it work in a condensed spot of the field where uh, Western Michigan's selling out for the run um, to score a touchdown uh, at, at the end of the first half there. So execution's got to get cleaned up. Um, I do think there's areas in the defense where there's a schematic deficiency. I do mm-hmm. or in the offense and the defense where there is a schematic deficiency. I just don't think that this is one of them. Okay. Fair enough. Well, before we get you out the door and enjoying your upcoming weekend here, Chase, Hey, pro football focus, they named Jacoby Winman, the number one linebacker, not, not, not just on the team there. No, no, no. In the whole big 10 conference, Obviously, big year for him coming up. Mm-hmm. Made that kind of position change. This is where yeah. the end of the year last year, but he also played this at UNLV, yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. Fair grade. I mean, because, look, we all know Jacoby Winman's good, but, like, did you love what you saw from him in that week one game against Central Michigan? He played really well. Yeah, he, okay. he was really good sideline to sideline. Um, and that was kind of my question is because we were we were using him as an, as an edge rusher. He was being used. Right. Um, then he had to move back and then he was just getting abused in coverage because he's playing about 25 pounds heavier than he should be. And it's just one of those things. I thought he looked great. Um, he was physical. He had a good nose for the ball. I mean, he's a smart football player, um, flowed really well side to side. Uh, yeah, I thought he played great. Um, I think him and Halliday, they are what they are. I think, um, Windman is definitely going to be a, a, um, step up than than some of the players at that position just as far as having a nose for the football and football IQ all all possible respect to Ben Van Sumeren um I just think Winman is a little more natural of a linebacker for what they're asking him to do uh, I also thought Aaron Brule looked pretty good there was a he did there was yeah. one point down it was on the the possession in the first quarter where Central almost scored I think it was their first crack inside the 10 um Central basically ran what looked like just a speed option but I, I think it was just straight up quarterback power all the way. And they ran it right at him and, and Brule was doubled. He split a double uh, and, and was able to, to make a play on the quarterback. It was a really good play. I thought he, he there was a number of times where he had a nose for the ball um, and, and showed up in a big moment. So I think um, you saw from the defense, a lot of good stuff. Um, you're going to need it going, going into the, after this game, as you get into a big out of conference game and yeah. in the conference play, you're going to need that, that, that front six front seven to, to be really good. And uh, I think you certainly have that, that proof of concept there through one game. So. There we go. And chase the next time we talk to you will be before that big Washington game. Mm-hmm. But uh, until then, man, Hey, enjoy the weekend. Hope you enjoy the Spartans. Hope you enjoy any other football. Cause it's a really good slate this week. across oh, yeah. the whole nation. Yeah, a lot of great, just mm-hmm. home underdogs galore, which is a spoiler of something that we will get to here in a hot second with our five best bets. But first, Hey, just got to say goodbye to chase. You're the man Spartans illustrated. Go subscribe, go follow chase's work. You're the man chase. Thanks a lot for coming on. All righty. Take care. Huge thanks to our guy Chase, as always, for hopping on. Go check out his work at SpartansIllustrated.com and also the work of plenty of other great writers there as well. We're going to get into five best bets to get you into the weekend here. And the theme for this week's five best bets, everyone, is uh, bravery. 
All right, I, I need everyone to just close your eyes, hold each other's hands, and let's just run into the fire together because there's a lot of disgusting lines out there, and we are going to zig across every one of those zags. All right, this is a tweet from Ben Fox. All right, he this, this is going to sound crazy, guys, but just bear with me here. This is maybe possibly going to work. I don't know. We'll find out on Sunday morning. Uh, he writes, a few early lopsided week two college football actions. All right. 93% of the action is on Colorado, minus 2.5 against Nebraska. If you watched Colorado last week and Nebraska last week, that spread should be 28 points. This is where the bravery part comes in. Those buildings in Vegas are not built the way they are because they're just giving everyone money all the time. FanDuel isn't giving us wonderful, wonderful opportunities to do these ad reads because, well, they're losing so much money to the public. We are going to. We are going to. I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. We're going to take the road team, Nebraska, plus two and a half. And I know it's disgusting, but here's how I kind of rationalize it. Nebraska's defense last week against Minnesota didn't look terrible. I'm not saying that they're... You know, the vintage 2013 Michigan State by any means, but they did not look terrible. And Colorado could not run the ball last week. On the converse, or on the reverse side of that, Colorado gave up 7.1 yards per carry. It was a great win for Colorado against TCU. Fantastic work. But I'm going to go with Nebraska plus two and a half here. All right, the theme for the next four picks is going to be bravery mixed in with a little bit of home underdogs. 95% of the bets are on Oregon at minus six and a half as they travel to Lubbock to face Texas Tech. We are, of course, going to take Texas Tech, even though they lost at Wyoming. Last week, I, one of my bolder predictions is still thinking that Texas Tech finishes season in the top 25. And I also like this out of Oregon quarterback Bo Nix at home. Last year, he was fantastic. 17 touchdowns, one interception. On the road last year, 10 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, and if you look at their schedule last year, it's not like they were playing any world beaters on the road. Home Bo Nix, road Bo Nix, two very different quarterbacks. Reckham Tech. All right, 93% of the action is on Notre Dame minus 7.5 at NC State. This could be a look-ahead spot for Notre Dame as they play the Buckeyes the following weekend. So I'm going to go with NC State plus 7.5. 89% of the action is on Auburn, minus 6.5 at Cal. You already know where I'm going to go with this. We are going to take Cal. We're going to pick against the Fighting Peyton Thorns and the team that's going to do a double time zone jump. And speaking of double time zone jump, we got one more home underdog, Washington State plus 6.5 against Wisconsin. Big Ten teams, why on earth do you keep scheduling these games out west? I have no idea, but we are going to go with the Cougars. So, just for a little recap, again, yeah, I was good. believe me, I know what you're thinking. These all sound Looney Tunes, but if we make our way out of here alive, we're going to feel really smart about ourselves. Nebraska, plus 2.5. Texas Tech, plus 6.5. NC State, plus 7.5. Cal, plus 6.5. Washington State, plus 6.5. On FanDuel. $5 in a parlay to win $123.60. So far for the season, we're exactly at 500 for five best bets. We are 5-5 five and five on the year. Went 3-2 and two last week. Thank you, Penn State, for that lovely cover with five seconds left. But hey, if you're going to bet, do it responsibly and do it with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Until then, gang, if you're going to the game, enjoy your lovely afternoon in East Lansing. Or if you're going to be like me, just watching from the couch, hey, 
let's have a good weekend with that as well. We will see you guys with a post-game show after the game on Saturday. Until then, love you all. Go Green.